minutes, Bonnie, with you on this Thursday. As you've heard, we got rain in the forecast. I'm kind of feeling that in my joints and my bones. And uh, with us is a doc who can maybe address some of that, if that's true or not. He is Dr. Ashton Stanton. He's a clinical assistant professor, and he specializes in non-surgical interventional spine and sports medicine care with Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital. Dr. Stanton joins us live. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so is it true? Do you have patients who come in and say, oh, I kind of feel the weather change in my body, my bones and my muscles, you know, whatever. Is that a truthful thing? Yeah, I think, you know, there must be some truth to it because folks, you know, will typically, you know, describe that, um, you know, these sorts of symptoms will, you know, nearly disappear when they are in uh, more favorable weather or more favorable climates, you know, over the winter time if they're traveling to, you know, drier, warmer places. And so, you know, certainly uh, it seems as though there must be, you know, something to the, the change in atmospheric pressure or something associated yeah. with, um, yeah, with those weather systems. Interesting. Uh, Dr. Stanton, uh, as I mentioned, is a clinical assistant professor, and you specialize in uh, in spine and neck injury. You're going to talk about things that cause pains in the neck. <laughs> I can name a few. Right. Uh, um, but uh, but sports medicine as well. And let me just get, let's get just a little bit of your background, Dr. Stanton. I mean, you uh, born and raised here on Long Island, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised up in Nassau County, uh, Merrick, um, and uh, you know attended uh, college in uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, Lehigh, and then uh, traveled abroad to uh, uh, do my medical school. Uh, came back to uh, New York City to do all of my uh, residency training and uh, fellowship training for you know spine and sports medicine. And so, yeah, very happy to be, you know, servicing in, uh, you know, the, the community on the east end of Long Island. It's just, you know, great community to work in. I'm just in, uh, enjoying, you know, working with the folks at Stony Brook and the Department of Orthopedics. So it's been great. Yeah. And serving this community, right? I know you feel a very special connection to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, big family ties out here. So, uh, you know, um, you know, with that, you, know, you want to make sure you're, you know, taking care of the folks that uh, oftentimes end up being people you know quite well. It's a small so, world, yeah. You bet, you bet. <laughs> so I got to ask, are you, since you do specialize in, in sports medicine, uh, are you a sportsman yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I try and stay athletic. Um, I, you know, I'm an avid skier, uh, enjoy surfing, and uh, also, you know, um, like to run to stay fit and also do some you know, resistance training, things like that. So I try and um, you know, do what I can to, to stay you know, in the game myself so I'm not just you know, kind of preaching it, but I'm you know, definitely participating you know, along with it. Yes, and so you, you've, you've often said, been quoted as saying that you have very specific interest in treating sports-related injuries and actually returning those patients to their highest level of performance. So what is it about sports-related injuries and, and people who are part of the sports world that really intrigues you so much and inspires you? Well, I mean, athletes in general, you know, tend to be highly motivated group, you know, and, and the reality with these sorts of injuries are that if you don't, 
uh, if you don't remain, you know, motivated as a patient to do your part, you know, and there is definitely a part to be done by the patients, not all, you know, it can't all be done, you know, by any single practitioner, um, you know, then, then you're not, not necessarily going to get your best outcomes. And so I find, you know, athletes are always very highly motivated to get back to, you know, whatever it is that is their, you know, next goal, whether it's that upcoming, you know, um, 5K or, you know, uh, playing tennis and their, uh, or pickleball or, you know, something along those lines. Really, it's just, you know, variable, right? I mean, athletes come in all shapes and sizes, and, you know, golf uh, is a huge one out on the East End for sure. Um, and so, you know, you want to you try and do you the most you can, but working with that, with that population always kind of, I feel like, you know, makes it more uh, equitable where, where they, they, they're doing their part along with you. Yeah, and it, I find that, uh, I, I, you know, as I see uh, doctors more and more often, um, but I, I, I find that more and more of them are saying just what you said, and it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's sports-related or whatever, but they're saying, okay, now we're going to do this for you, but now it's up to you. You got to take it from here, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's a. It is. That's a. It's a tremendous piece of the puzzle. I mean, for for most of my, you know, patients, I uh, I'll incorporate you know um, a course of physical therapy, you know, because you know uh, it, it's it's such an important um, aspect to treat the mechanics um, of of you know whatever the target uh, area is that you know you're dealing with, whether it's the the neck or the lumbar spine or uh, or a shoulder or what have you. Um, um, to have that supportive uh, exercise uh, therapy is is critical, you know, and so um, that's that's oftentimes where where the patient's role uh, comes into play, you know, with an additional, you know, professional, as if it's a physical therapist or or, or a chiropractor for that matter, or you know, whomever else, you know, we incorporate into the treatment plan. So, uh, Doctor Stanton, uh, w- what injuries uh, are you seeing the most of, say, uh, most recently? Uh, let me ask first: How long have you been in this role at Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital? Um, I've been here just over two years now. Um, yeah, and <clears throat> and you know, it's definitely been. Um, you know, it's, it's been busy. You, oh, you bet. Yeah, yeah. Especially during those summer months when uh, you know when folks are you know are out uh, from from all over uh, in, on the East End of Long Island, and you know there's certainly you know things pop up, and they um, in some cases prefer to have their you know uh, some things handled out here because it's. Um, you know, a little better access, you know, to treatment, to be quite honest, versus some of the city scenarios where it's just, uh, you know, difficult to, you know, to kind of navigate. Some yeah, of, I mean, know, if, you've got, if you've got a pain in your spine or your neck, you're not going to want to have to drive into Manhattan, right? Right, <laughs> right. There's that. That's absolutely, you know, so from a location standpoint, um, you know, it, it's, it, it seems to, you know, work for a lot of, a lot of folks that, you know, uh, spend, you know, seasonal time out here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's, it, it, so our time here has been, um, has been great. I've been really uh, integrating, I think, you know, well with um, uh, the other uh, local you know, professionals, I'd say, you know, within, you know, the medical uh, field, like I said, whether it's physical therapy, uh, chiropractic care, um, you know, medical massage, uh, you know, plays a role in all this. You know, there's, there's just so, so much um, that you, is worth uh, incorporating into, into these sorts of treatment plans. And so, you know, it's, the, the key thing really is to sort out, you know, when that time is to, um, you know, to, 
to invite the perspective of you know of someone like myself, you know, yeah. someone that, that specializes in in uh, in this aspect of medicine. You know, sometimes you can handle it on your own, but you know, kind of deciding when that critical moment is where you say, you know what, I think I'm losing uh, this battle, and maybe need to you know have someone help me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what types? As as I was asking, what types of injuries are you seeing? Say most often, most recently. Well, I mean, you know, when it comes to, you know, the, the, the neck or, the, you know, the cervical region, um, you know, things that, you know, tend to, to you know, really become the, the peskiest uh, injuries and most common are, are disc injuries. You know, those discs of the, of the spine or the, or the cushions, you know, sit in between the bones and, you know, undergo a lot of repetitive wear and tear throughout our lives. And, <clears throat> and you know, many of us also just from, you know, the type of work we do, um, you know, amount of sitting, actually, believe it or not, and, uh, at computers and uh, driving and use of these, you know, of personal computerized devices, phones and all this, you know, we put ourselves in positions where we actually, you know, can, can cause repetitive strain um, on, on the cervical discs and, and that can become an issue. Uh, so um, those injuries tend to be kind of some of the most common and, and the ones that really, you know, cause some of the most, you know, disabling syndromes that you have to, uh, you know, become you know you have to manage you know ultimately all or they or they start to you know detract from your daily function mm-hmm. i wonder if there's yeah. such a thing as iphone neck <laughs> i think so i mean it might not be it might be up for grabs you could name it but uh yeah i think that that, that because that probably... we sit and we look at a certain way at a certain angle right almost all the time yeah. No, the ergonomics are not, you know, uh, generally addressed well. I'd say, you know, at home and people's, uh, you know, patterns, especially from folks that are working from home, you know, the past couple of years, uh, more so than ever. And, you know, um, just the amount of travel, uh, you know, we do that, that, you know, causes, you know, folks to have to be sedentary for extensive periods of time. Um, you know, there's, there's, the spine is meant to move and, and so it, that's, you know, clear when you look at how it's constructed and so when you're, when you're inactive, uh, it can be sometimes worse than when you're, you know, highly active. Um, you know, certainly there's, there's being sort of uh, toxic to the area where you might be overly uh, straining um, an area like the neck if you're doing a you know a tremendous amount of overhead lifting things like that jobs that may require that um, you know particularly like painters come to mind um, you know folks that are you know, maybe masons that are doing a lot of heavy la- you know laborious lifting and uh, you know um, construction and so forth but um, yeah I mean the, the you know the spine in general um, is is such a common um, area to develop to develop pain. I mean, for instance, you know, with the cervical spine in and of itself, I mean, has you know kind of a, a lifetime prevalence of up to you know the 80s, 86 percent. You know, uh, where you could have you know a, a pretty significant episode of neck pain and then ultimately ultimately relapses from there that uh, get in the way. That was like a chronic thing, right? With with that, yeah. Yeah, it certainly it can be, you know, but this is where if you identify it, you know, and you start to develop a strategy to um, to modify your exercises, modify, you know, some of the way that you do things ergonomically at work and, and at home, um, you know, it, it's pretty amazing how you can, you know, work around it and minimize the, the uh, prevalent, you know, sort of the frequency of these uh, of these flare-ups uh, and the severity, you know, so that's, 
that's the key thing. And so, you know, sort of a regular exercise program to keep your mechanics in check, uh, keep things from getting imbalanced can be the difference there. What are the most common types of injuries that you're seeing? Well, um, in terms of in terms of the neck, you think, or, or uh, just in ge- I mean, you, general. you special general, do you specialize in the neck, or, but you do neck and muscle and and all of it. Yeah, yeah. I would say, look, the low back, you know, sort of wins that, um, you know, uh, wins that award. There's no <laughs> more common than really, you know, like low back pain, and and so um, that's 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 what I see uh, oftentimes. But you know, along with that, I see a fair amount of hip pain, and along with the neck, I see you know a fair amount of shoulder. Uh, you know, pain. They come from various types of, of pathology, from tendonitis um, to you know arthritic um, wear and tear. And so, you know, you have to sort of look after these things, like you know, wh- when they're um, you know making a negative impact on on somebody's function, and and uh, you're trying to develop a strategy of management where, like I said, trying to you know modify activities, uh, incorporate. Uh, exercise programs that that uh, help strengthen the area and stabilize uh, you know the involved structure whatever that pain source may be you know in some cases it may require uh, you know getting some advanced imaging uh, done to to really you know zero in on the exact pain source and confirm it right uh, that way uh, it, it's interesting remember the old the old song uh, you know the the neck bone connected to the shoulder bone the shoulder bone connected to the hip bone i mean it's 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 so true everything is connected i remember recently going to uh, get a massage when i was traveling down south and the person i went in i said you know i've got this problem with my the right side of my neck it's just been really bothering me and he said that the, the Actual, the source was my right hip. So you must see all kinds of things like that too. Those kinds of connections. Yeah, those you know the, what we call the kinetic chain. You know, they're, they're sort of uh, you know the energy you know connection between uh, and the physics, so to speak, really at its root source. That's what, you know what we're dealing with is you know physics of uh, of, of one area as impacts another, um, and and it's it's true. It's um, you know these these are biomechanically um, you know related more closely than you know you might um, uh, than you might believe you know or or understand uh, when you're when you're trying to self-diagnose and that's why you know going to a specialist um, can you know help and open you know your eyes your kind of your mind to you know, to maybe what might be uh, a root core, a root source right. of, of you know pain. Um, you know, aside from the actual um, injury itself, but maybe what might have led to it. I think most of us uh, have aches and pains, obviously. But when when would you recommend? Like, when is it time to see someone like you, Doctor Doctor Stanton? Uh, and what are those red flags for folks listening that it, you know means it, it might be a little bit more serious than just your know, normal ache and pain, whatever. Yeah, um, you know, for, for instance, if we just take, you know, like if we take the neck uh, just as one one particular area, um, you know, certainly if you just have some, you know, mild, minor stiffness, you know, let's say in the morning that subsides, you know, after you know some time and it doesn't seem to disrupt things, um, that that's that's quite all right to sort of try and work through that and manage it yourself and, and modify maybe your activities as you see. You know, fit based on how, you know how things are responding to your normal uh, daily activities, exercise, and so forth. But 
Yeah, if you start to develop radiating pain from the neck into the uh, into the shoulder or arm on one side, you know, with associated numbness or tingling, or you know, just the pain gets too intense where it's hard to uh, to move your head or you know rotate or you know sort of make movements that are you know important for for daily activities and safety like driving you know um that's that that becomes um you know a tricky situation that you, know, you should probably have things looked at a little more closely to you know make sure that um you know you're you're going to be you know, hopefully turning the the tides in your favor here rather than you know sliding you know down down the the uh, the wrong right. way right and and you know exacerbating things or or making it more of a chronic condition so uh- do you see uh, patients uh, with neck pain or, or the spinal pain that are, are, are mostly non-traumatic? Or have you seen some that are, you know, fairly severe? Yeah, I mean, you know, in some cases, it, you know, it can be a known trauma. But the, the vast majority of these uh, cases are uh, sort of without any real inciting event, you know, without really any clear injury. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, kind of the more common story is that you, know, you just kind of woke up one morning and wasn't, you know, feeling, you know, all that great. And then it got a bit worse throughout the day for, you know, some reason. And and then you end up with like a really intense episode of, of, of pain, you know, uh, and it you know, kind of sort of progresses from there. So, yeah, I would say the you know, vast majority are not really uh, known. Uh, and others, you know, you can you can maybe tie back to some sort of like a, a whiplash type injury, let's say, you know, something happened. You, yeah, you know, well, that. something like that specific, uh, you know, uh, problem that came out of a specific trauma. Is it almost easier or not, not easier, obviously, and not certainly for the patient, but for the doctor to identify and treat it than say like a long term thing that's just sort of come on over the years? Yeah, um, you know, certainly um, those those more acute cases um, can be uh, in some, you know, in, in in certain instances easier to to, to put your finger on and diagnose, you know, um, but um, you know that's where that's where your physical examination is so key um and then you're putting that together with some imaging as well or you know whether it's just you know some screening x-rays to begin with and then from there if you need advanced imaging you move on but um you know examining somebody really you know and taking them through you know certain um movements of the of the involved area like in this case the cervical spine and then also the the neurologic exam, you know, of the involved uh, areas that the cervical spine uh, supplies, in this case, the upper extremities, you know, looking at looking for minor strength deficits, things like that. Certainly, if you notice a strength deficit, that's that's sign of something more mm. um, significant. You should have it looked at. But you know, these are the things that give you, as a doctor or you know, as uh, as a provider of healthcare in general, <clears throat> um, you know, the cues as to where uh, it, the pain could, where the symptoms you know are stemming from, you know, in in along in and along the. Um, the spine, right? in you, this case, the cervical spine. Do you ask people, is it standard, like, do, how, how often do you sit at a computer? How often do you use an iPhone? Um, and, and if you do, I mean, what tips do you give folks to, you know, try to avoid that kind of neck pain or stiffness? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I I do. I try and get a sense of those uh, of those things from from folks when I'm you know dealing with you know these sorts of conditions, and um, you know usually you know some of the um, 
some of the recommendations will be to you know kind of raise up the height of what you're looking at to eye level so you're not you know flexing your your neck you know let's say um not flexing it downward right right downward right like head down sort of in that flex position for extensive periods of time that that puts a lot of pressure on the front column of your neck and that's really where those disc spaces are are located that we were you know talking about before and can put them at risk for you know straining or injuring them you know so that's 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 a key um, piece of the puzzle there is to kind of try and stay as neutral as you can, you know, in terms of your posture. And that's also where physical therapists are invaluable because, you know, in an environment with with exercise equipment and so forth, they can, you know, get a pa- give a patient a sense of, of where to find, you know, that, that kind of neutral posture. That right? sweet you know, that spot kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, okay, so I have to ask you this. Uh, we're talking, by the way, with Dr. Ashton Stanton, uh, who uh, works uh, as a uh, spine and sports medicine care expert uh, doctor at Stony Brook Eastern Long Island Hospital. So he serves Greenport, Hampton Bays, and surrounding communities. Um, but sports medicine and pickleball, what I have, I have read, we've all heard, that it seems that pickleball is now becoming the sport for the most injuries overall across the country. Is that, are you seeing more of that? Yeah, I mean, you know, these, um, the, you know, the estimates are for growth for that sport in particular for pickleball is just, you know, tremendous. You know, it's in the millions in terms of growth, um, you know, sort of year on year, um, you know, from like, let's say, you know, five to, to eight years ago to where we are today. Uh, and so, and it's a very appealing game and, you know, um, a little easier on the joints than, than you know, kind of it's related uh you know tennis you know uh other racket sports and so forth so uh tends to just have you know major appeal um and uh you know it's it's i feel like it's it's something that more and more of my patients are you know are like really looking to stay with and uh and and you know enjoy at some level whether it's you know competitive for some of my patients or um or just recreational what are the injuries you're seeing mostly that yeah. are, are related to pickleball? Yeah, most commonly um, I'm seeing uh, patients with uh, low back uh, injuries there we uh, go. that are, yeah. that are in, you know, in their uh, hip and knee. Um, those are, those are kind of where, where I see the majority of, uh, of folks complaining. And then also yeah, you'll get uh, somebody that might have a shoulder uh, you know, that's given them uh, trouble on their dominant side where they tend to you know, use their racket. So, um, so that those, you know, those are kind of the most common things I, I see there. And <clears throat> it can be you know, it's a case where it's you know, a little, uh, some arthritis uh, in, in one of the joints that, you know, that I mentioned there. Or, you know, or again, you know, that, that, uh, one of those intervertebral discs in the low back mm-hmm. or you develop some you know, of a condition we call spinal stenosis, which is like a narrowing effect of the, of the spine that, that one can acquire. You know, from a number of different um, uh, structures of the spine that wear down uh, in a way that causes narrowing around around nerves and starts to cause nerve pain. So these are the sorts of things that we see in in um, in folks, you know, especially um, patients that are that are you know you know in sort of their 60s, 70s, that sort of group that is uh, still you know getting after it athletically, you know, especially in a, in a sport like this, pickleball still requires, you know, a good amount of stop and go, you know, and so that's, that's really where a lot of the stress is, and is in that acceleration, you know, mm-hmm. kind of 
stopping and going. You know, that's uh, that's where you acquire a lot of the impact. You know, it's, it's so many uh, professional athletes certainly um, the importance of stretching. Uh, whether it's before and or after, uh, you know, participating in sports. I wonder if more people who play pickleball would do that if that would, you know, try to eliminate some of these injuries a little bit more. What is your thought about the importance of stretching just in general? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like everyone should have um, some stretching regimen that they do, you know, really it's recommended to do it daily would be best um you know certainly if you're going to be athletic um you know athletically you know competitive even recreationally um stretching should be you know part of the um part of the picture you know a warm-up number one like a dynamic type warm-up where you're you know kind of moving and you know and sort of stretching um uh, is, is usually the preferred way to uh, to get ready for sport, and then you know some um, more traditional type stretching usually is um, preference to do that you know kind of after uh, the activity. Um, hmm. But but certainly somewhere in your day, you know, to stretch is is um, is an important you know kind of regimen that somebody should incorporate um, to some degree. And a physical therapist, again, you know, I kind of bring this up. You know, because I feel strongly about it. You know, physical therapists are great resources for putting together like tailored um, programs for you know what maybe your you know problem you know may be because you know, everyone has their own uh, areas of of like attention that, that you know or area areas that require greater attention. I should say, yeah. So. Um, yeah, but kind of sorting those things out, and then maybe working with someone like a like a trainer or a physical therapist that can help you with that is, I think, uh, you know, helpful from a preventative strategy. And and do you uh, provide those services yourself, or you can recommend, uh, you know, experts in that, right, uh, for for your patients? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, I mean, most of almost every single treatment plan that I have. Uh, for patients incorporates, you know, some form of, of exercise-based treatment, uh, mm. therapy, I would call it, you know, because I feel like it's that important um, for folks. I mean, we know that exercise is good in general to treat musculoskeletal conditions. Um, you know, at the time you're injured, every ex- every exercise undertaking might not be, you know, the right one at the moment, but, um, but you can sort of, you know, like I said, tailor those things and then you know, kind of uh, reincorporate the things you really enjoy as you're as you're feeling up to it. You know, as as you know, the the symptoms are starting to improve. Um, but you know, I, I we have <clears throat> at Stony Brook, you know, excellent physical therapy um, services that are you know nearby, uh, and you know, in, in a number of different locations throughout the North and South Fork. Uh, and so I will uh, invariably uh, make those. Uh, make those prescriptions for folks to uh, to bring to physical therapy and get going. That's great. Dr. Yeah. Ashton Stanton, and real quick, I got to ask, because everything's connected, and the stomach is all a part of this, too. What do you recommend, like, diet-wise uh, for sports injuries uh, or to prevent them? And uh, how important is water? I mean, that's a given, right? Yeah. I mean, hi- hydration is, is, is key. There's no, no doubt about that. Um, and you know, again, those intervertebral discs are you know are very much uh, a huge component of them. And there's water, so um, you know, remaining well hydrated keeps you know all structures that you're counting on to be you know kind of uh, soft and pliable. And you know, the intervertebral discs are no exception there. But um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, and, and also, you know, having a balanced diet is, is really important, obviously, and, and you know, trying to, uh, you know, keep your weight in check and so forth also cuts down on these, you know, impact-related injuries that you acquire, so. Yeah, I just really wonder if that's a, it might be a key for those people who do pickleball, you know, for, um, just for fun, but even yeah. if you're doing something for fun that's competitive, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself before and after you do that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, far too many uh, folks just, you know, kind of view these things as you can just kind of get off the couch and, you know, yeah. uh, go, go. I've go done that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But that's, yeah, I mean, if you, if you really want to, you know, continue doing it and feel good doing it, um, you, there should be some, uh, like I said, like regimen of stretching and maybe even some resistance training and things that focus on certain muscle groups that you're going to be functionally using for that activity. I know people out there going, regimen, I don't want to hear regimen, I just want to get out and have fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know it's, it's kind of the work you need to do to, to have fun, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, Dr. Stanton, thank you, thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure and uh, uh, if people want to get in touch with you and your department there uh, how would they do that uh, well they can just they can just call my office uh, 631-430-2090 uh, that's my that's our, our office number um, and you're based in Greenport there right yeah based in Greenport we have a, a location where I see patients a couple times a month in Mattituck and then also once a week in Hampton Bays so I circulate around these den pretty well well i hope you're stretching regularly and you have your own <laughs> regimen <laughs> because we want you to stay healthy as well <laughs> thank you thanks. i appreciate it thanks dr Academy. stanton have a great day all right all right, you too. All right. dr ashton stanton clinical assistant professor and he specializes in non-surgical interventional spine and sports medicine care with stony brook eastern long island hospital and let's hand it over to the boss because we're all, are we, born to run? <laughs>